Hey there, friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Liquored Listings. That's right. This is the podcast where you, the fans, send me a category, and I, the host, Big Earn, give you the final say. We'll list down the top five in each category that you tell me to present, and I will tell you what's right and wrong. Not only that, we will be cracking beers, drinking liquor, drinking wine, so when my opinions go askew you'll have plenty of time to write me hate mail now go ahead hit the subscribe button donate let's get this going and keep it going good evening friends and thank you for tuning in for another segment of liquor listings Uh, i want to say thank you um way ahead of time the amount of downloads and listenership is rapidly increasing uh, thank you for all the shares. Thank you uh, to those who have subscribed and helped support uh, the show. This has been an outright hit right from the beginning. So thank you very much. The one thing, uh, probably the most common segment or uh, episode that people want to hear uh, from the feedback that I've gotten is what did I do basically when COVID started? COVID hit us all really, really hard. You know, I was running a bar at the time and to go from a social life to basic inactivity was very, very hard on me in particular. So I had to find ways to uh, supplement my time. So I downloaded Netflix and I became a member of Netflix for the first time ever. And I went through and binged watched. I'm one that gets a little obsessive when it comes to things. So when I when I find a show that really grabs my attention, I jump right in with two feet and uh, try to watch the series as quickly as possible. Falling asleep in the middle of the night and then having to go back a couple episodes when I wake up in the morning and it says, are you still watching? Now, I wish when they say, are you still watching? I was doing something uh, a little more fun than actual sleeping, but sleeping has to has to suffice at ton- sometimes. Now, another popular one that I get a lot is about the game I I started playing during COVID, which is called West Game, which I will be doing an episode on very, very soon. Uh, I think I'm going to go with, I have a a couple suggestions for my listeners. Um, A lot of them know me through the game and they want to know who the top alliances are in the game and who the top fighters are. So the first one I'll tackle probably will, it'll probably be the uh, top alliances in the game. And we all know who number one is. This is Big Earn, so we all know who number one is. Uh, But without further ado, I'm going to take this uh, suggestion today and create the list that everybody needs to know. So when, when I think it was March 17th when I first got laid off, it was St. Patrick's Day. And I'm just alone at the house. I've got nothing to do. And boring. I don't even know what to do with myself. So when I got on Netflix, I discovered a ton of shows I probably watched. Let's be honest. 50 different series. I tend to lean towards uh, real life documentaries, comedies, and dramedy. Uh usually not strict drama, but sometimes that's what I uh, I found to be some of the better ones as well. So there's going to be a wide wide variety 
in the uh, top five list today. Let's see. I do want to get started at least with, with giving a couple honorable mentions. The first honorable mention um, of the top that didn't quite make the top five was Friday Night Lights. Uh, that was such a fun show to watch. It was, I'm a little, I'm 42 now. So getting back into the relevancy of high school kind of, uh, kind of, it was kind of fun for me to sit back and delve back into those days and some of the memories that went along and some of the trials and tribulations that a young person will have back in those days. It was led by uh, Kyle Chandler, uh, Connie Britton, Taylor Kitsch, uh, some big names. And it followed a, uh, a high school football football team in in Texas, uh, where everybody knows in Texas that football is life. Uh, so much fun to watch. The acting was incredible. The storyline, uh, pretty superior to most you'll find on. The writing was writing was pretty top notch. So there's a lot of characters, and someone someone could relate to pretty much any character in that show. So definitely want to give a shout out to that honorable mention. Stranger Things, another honorable mention. Uh, I was a dungeon master in my uh, teenage years, kind of dorky, I know, uh, but it, it was a lot of fun to relive the 80s uh, through the eyes of this show. The fantastical elements were fun. Uh, season one was fantastic. I kind of started losing it on season three. Uh, seasons one and two, I had a, had a grand old time with, so uh, definitely going to put Stranger Things in the honorable mention. Uh, Money Heist. It's a Spanish show uh, about a bunch of bank robbers, but it's much more than that. It's uh, it's one of those ones you really have to get into, but you really need to pay attention to every little idiosyncrasy that goes on in that show. Money, Money Heist was such a, a fun show to watch and kept me on the edge of my seat for most of it. Uh, the Bodyguard with Richard Madden in it. Another uh, crime thriller uh, based out of the UK. Lots of lots of fun. Richard Madden, uh, known for his role as Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. Definitely give that one a look. And this may surprise some people, but I couldn't put them in the top five. They, I kept going back and forth. And so they would, they, they would. this would be number six on my list. But Peaky Fucking Blinders. Really, really enjoy that show. I uh, can't wait for the final season to come out. Cillian Murphy, Tom Hardy. Uh, Paul Anderson. Uh, and a little known fact is Peaky Blinders um, were actually a, a historical gang uh, in England uh, many, many years ago. So there, it's not really historical fiction, but at least the name comes from, uh, from something of relevancy. They uh, like to hide razors in their... Uh, in our hats to uh, basically attack our enemies and create max damage at the time. So those are definitely uh, the honorable mentions that I couldn't couldn't quite put in. So with that being said, let's get on to the list. Number five. Number five was The Ranch. Loved the show. So much fun. Uh, it was... The lead lead role is uh, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, Colt is his name in the show. With his brother, uh, Danny Masterson. You'll know them both from that 70s show back in the day. Their chemistry is amazing. You can tell that they are 
friends outside of the show and the way they interact within the show really shows uh, their affection for each other outside. Uh, they play brothers in the show and the star, in my opinion, of the show actually goes out to their father, uh, Sam Elliott, a legendary actor. Uh, he plays Bo Bennett, the father who owns uh, the ranch that they both go to work on. For me, it's a um, light-hearted dramedy. Uh, more comedy than drama, but drama put in there as well. It uh, hooked, me, hooked me real, real quick. Uh, I, I found it times I would actually laugh out loud, but they really address subject matter as well. Uh, the brothers are both kind of slackers. Colt was a high school football star that moved away, didn't make it in the NFL, comes back to uh, comes back to the ranch to uh, help his father, but not really. I think he was just on his last leg. And uh, Rooster, which Danny Masterson plays, the other brother had been there the whole time. They're both hard-drinking sons. Um, for me, it was the type of show that Hollywood elites probably, probably can't stand, you know, for me, there's like an East Coast, West thing. And then there's a middle America. Middle America doesn't get re- represented in Hollow- uh, Hollywood very well. So this was the type of show that there was so many like political satires in it. Um, and it leans conservative, which is hilarious in my opinion. I mean, nobody really does a lot of conservative shows these days, but there's a lot of middle America that loves that type of, you know, loves that type of show. It, it, it brought up uh, such topics as abortion, border control, the Second Amendment. Um, it, it really had me just infatuated with the characters. And I can't recommend watching this show uh, to anybody that hasn't seen it. It's kind of childish at times. The jokes are sometimes subpar. And... You can see the jokes coming from a mile away, uh, but the ranch, the ranch had me hooked from from the get go, <clears throat> and I think they lost it. So, Danny Masterson, um, who plays Rooster, he had to be cut from the show eventually, and because of all the uh, trouble that he got in for alleged uh, rape allegations, so they had to cut him up off of the show. Now, if he's guilty than hanging from the highest tree, 100%. But in this country, we are still uh, presumed innocent un- until proven guilty. I mean, that I really feel bad that they had to like take him off the show because the show kind of went downhill afterwards. Uh, Dak Shepard came in as like a supporting role as the cousin of Colt Ashton Kutcher's, and he did an okay job. So... The last few seasons, actually, last two seasons, actually, kind of went downhill a little bit for me, but the first three are certainly, certainly worth watching, and I, I believe you'll be hooked within the first two episodes, and definitely comes in at number five for me as one of the best shows only on Netflix. Remember, we're only doing Netflix today, so go ahead and watch The Ranch if you have time. Number four. Ozark. This this was this one was different for me. Uh, it was dark, dark. Uh, Jason Bateman as the lead. Uh, he was uh, I think his character's name Marty in the show, which was a he was a financial planner. 
Um, I kind of compare it to shows like uh, Breaking Bad. It's about a seemingly good guy uh, by Bateman, and he was forced to launder, I think, upwards of $500 million uh, for a drug lord after the drug lord threatens his family. Uh, he moves the family to like Missouri and the Ozarks to like a retreat camp area. Uh, it's a very unpopulated area. Uh, it's just full of complex, different characters. When there's so many uh, shades of gray there, it kind of remind me of Game of Thrones in that way too, where there's good and bad in each and every character. Uh, Marty ends up, you know, getting all these other people into his schemes and underhandedly so, so they're not all fully aware of how deep he is. And it's all about laundering that money, but it becomes so much more complicated as the seasons go on. Uh, it's definitely a dark, 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 dark drama. Um, and we all know Bateman through his comedy, but uh, he he excels in this. Uh, his wife, Wendy, uh, what an amazing character arc she has in the show. She starts out as like a, a timid kind of housewife to almost a cons- uh, to a co-conspirator, really. And she may be even more clever than her husband. Uh, so Laura Linney, I believe the actress's name was, she shines through that uh, throughout the whole the whole series. Very, very fascinating jobs. It's got uh, another girl named Julia Garner who plays Ruth La- uh, Langmore. Um, she's part of like a, the local crime family. I mean, if you can call it a crime family in, in a small town America. Uh, so what a great job by her. They, they won awards. I believe he won uh, an Emmy. Jason Bateman did uh, for his role as Marty Bird. So... If you haven't seen Ozark yet, number four on the list, and well-deservedly so. I don't normally get into the dark dramas, but that one really had me hooked. And we're it's four seasons long. The fourth season is on its way. Definitely check that one out. Lots and lots of fun watching that show. And I, uh, I, I, I think I watched that in less than two days. So it was definitely a binge-worthy show and without a doubt, Ozark coming in at number four. We have to move on to the top three, and this is where it gets fun. Number three. Okay, it's all of our guilty. We all, we, we're all guilty of loving real life because real life is much stranger, much stranger than uh, the fiction that Hollywood can produce. So some of the greatest things that we watch are actual real life stories playing out in front of us number three making a murderer man i was enthralled this is an unbelievable story and if you haven't watched this or you haven't read anything on the stephen avery case this show is so there are so many characters i mean but they're real life people Uh, it goes over stephen avery uh, he was sentenced to 18 years for, uh, and he was wrongfully convicted, mind you, of uh, rape and attempted murder of a woman named Penny Bernstein back in the day. And through DNA evidence, he was acquitted and released after 18 years uh, and set free because of DNA evidence to prove that he was not guilty of that crime. Now, two years later, after he had filed a $36 million lawsuit, he gets arrested again 
for the murder of a photographer called Teresa Hallback. Now, <laughs> there are the show goes through all of the reasons, the ineptitude of his lawyers. Um, the reason he got sentenced was because of his nephew, Brendan Dassey, and they, they lived on a basically a, compa- a compound um, where Stephen had his little trailer. Next door was this other little trailer that his sister lived in with her sons. I mean, it goes... Brendan Dassey basically confessed to the crime, um, and he he almost perfectly described a scene from the uh, book, Kiss, the movie Kiss the Girls. And it, they basically, but he had no, see his nephew, Brendan Dassey, didn't have a lawyer present, didn't have his mom present uh, when the he was being interrogated. So there's a lot of things that go wrong with the prosecution. This, this case got brought to... Uh, all the way to the Supreme Court refused to hear it, but it went to the 7th District Court where he, Brendan was actually released or scheduled for release in 2018. Um, and they had like 30 days to appeal it. The state did, and which they did. And then he got a three-judge panel at the 7th District Court to uphold him being released. And then an emergency, emergency injunction happened so all seven panel members of the district court had to review it and they upheld him staying in prison. It's been brought all the way to the Supreme Court who has refused to hear the case. It's a fascinating, fascinating that the people in this show are unbelievable. So the second season actually focuses on uh, Kathleen Zellner. This is post-conviction and what she's trying to do to help release uh, Stephen Avery, which actually doesn't help Brendan Dassey yet until he gets acquitted. Um, but Kathleen Zellner is known for overturning wrongful convictions. So if you have not seen the show, I don't want to give away all the plot lines. In my opinion, uh, Stephen Avery is not guilty. However, that's just one man's, man's opinion. You need to actually go through watch this show and decide for yourself whether or not he's guilty because if he's spending even more time in jail and God bless his mother and father for what they've had to go through but if he's innocent again of these crimes which I actually believe he is it it's the biggest injustice that, that I've ever ever seen the, the show, the first season, took 10 years for uh, for Netflix to produce. And then that was the first season. The second season is only, you know, over a couple of years as they try to overturn the convictions. Now, go ahead, watch it. Those that have seen it will definitely back me up. But it was binge-worthy. I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching, staying up all hours of the night and watching that along the way. So Making a Murderer, unbelievable. This is real life people. Someone has already spent 18 years in prison for a wrongful conviction. And now he's face, he's basically in prison for the rest of his life, unless this one gets overturned. And let's pray that Kathleen Zellner can prove his innocence because the actual evidence supports that he was not involved whatsoever. 
So well, go ahead and watch that unbelievable show. There was a reason it was so popular on Netflix and how I just heard about it this year was fantastic. That leads me to number two. And like I said, these these type of shows always get me because life is much crazier than a fictional fictional show. Number two to me was, oh, you're going to hate me. I know you are, but Tiger King. It was so, it was so awesome. It has everything I want, everything I want in a show. It's the most redneck conspiracy, crime, cover-up. You got a man running for president, gay Joe Exotic, has one marriage at one time to two of uh, two people in the show, uh, Travis Maldonado and John Finley, <clears throat> and he has a, a three-way marriage going on with those three. Uh, he runs a zoo. That's where this all stems from. Um, it is such an inner tight circle, like the big cat circle that runs across America, the trade of big cats and everything on along those lines. But it's not just Joe Exotic that's so over the top. There's a character called Carol Baskin. Isn't she something? She lives in Tampa, Florida. Uh, she, the memes that used to go, that bitch, Carol Baskins. I mean, she is such an unlikable person. And there's a disappearance of her second husband. Um, somehow just magically disappeared. And she inherits a fortune from him because he was a multimillionaire. Now she runs this big cat sanctuary. And the inner workings of this whole show is so absurd. It's so white trash. It It's everything that you need to look at and just can't believe that this actually exists like these people exist and that it was all real life unscripted these people are absolutely crazy Joe Exotic and his uh, music career (laughs) I saw a tiger tiger saw a man I mean it's Not even him singing. He pays someone else to sing those stupid songs and he makes the videos for him. Like, if you just want pure, unadultered debauchery in one fail swoop, there's two seasons of it, but it's really only one season. Um, You are just in for an absolute treat if you've never seen the show. It is disturbingly funny and it's America. And we're coming up on uh, coming up on July Fourth here, so America is is unbelievably uh, represented in this show. Tiger King, probably probably one of the most entertaining things I saw all year. So that's number two, and we finally get into the number one show that I binge watched over COVID nineteen. Now the I didn't know when this show came out a long time ago, back in the early 2000s. And I had never heard of it, and I had never seen it until I got on Netflix. And they recommend, Netflix recommends other shows for you to watch. So the number one show, in my opinion, that I rolled through, it's a show called Jericho. Uh, It stars Skeet uh, Ulrich, 
Uh, his main character is Jake Green, Lenny James. Uh, you'll probably know him from The Walking Dead. Um, and Emily Sullivan, uh, played by Ashley Scott. She's in Walking Tall with The Rock, uh, Into the Blue with Paul Walker, and then Gerald McRaney. He, uh, he was George Hurst in Deadwood. So a lot of very, very talented actors in this. It's a, uh, it's a show about a post-apocalyptic uh, series. It centers around like a small town in Kansas. And it's after nuclear bo- uh, bombs go off in 23 major U.S. cities from Chicago to Washington, D.C., to Phoenix, to L.A. Um, but it really focuses on how the small town recovers from it. There's two seasons of the show. Um, and the beginning of the show basically centers around the recovery and how small town America can recover from such a uh, post of you know, nuclear bombs going off around it and the fallout and how how to survive like primitively during those times with no electricity uh limited resources and food it's a very good premise to get going on but then it gets complicated as new uh as nearby towns who had also survived start competing for resources then it gets and the fun part about the whole show is each of these characters kind of have a backstory to them and there's an element of mystery to each of the each of the uh, major players on the show. Um, the fun part is uh, just a, I did a little research on the show. So the show got canceled. It was originally done by CBS and it got canceled uh, after its first season. Um, ultimately going on to be rated uh, number eight and uh, cult following for TV shows. Uh, so what happened is after it was uh, canceled, there was a scene from the show where Jake's grandfather had told a story from World War II where he had sent a German, so the German military what needed, they wanted a response if you know a battle was taking place somewhere and uh, George Patton wrote back one word, nuts. So when it got canceled, there was a campaign to send CBS a as many nuts as the fans of the show could send in. There were thousands upon thousands of tons of nuts sent to the CBS headquarters. So they ended up giving it a second season uh, to kind of wrap up the show and make it. The second season was very entertaining. Should have been should have been longer. They kind of shortened it, uh, but the overall show, seeing the dynamics of a small town. And what could truly happen in a post-apocalyptic world, not zombie, but a true life scenario, uh, was so entertaining. So there it is. There's your list of the top five Netflix shows that I've been binge watched over uh, COVID-19. Now go ahead, give me a give me all the mail you want about this one. I know some of you will be disappointed in some of the shows I want. So I want to hear uh, what you have to think. Go ahead and support the show two ways either by supporting it uh, directly to me so we can keep the show running or just spread it. Let people hear it. We want to know all about it. Third, give me more topics to discuss. I want to discuss everything under the sun. Uh, I can go ahead and do a, a story on the top five toes that we have on our body. So anything and anything under the sun, go ahead and give me a shout 
And I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Have a great day. This is Big Earn from Liquid Listings. Have a great day. Thank you.